0: Welcome to Dustris. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride.
1: Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of Dustris. This podcast is made possible by our patrons, Brian Bridges, Tim DeMuse, and Wesley Sullivan from LCP D&D, and our very own Don Bewley and Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. Okay, so I believe you were showing the others your cell phone. What is your wallpaper?
0: I don't know, honestly.
1: Well, think on that for a minute because they need to know what you show them a picture of. cities probably yeah <laughs>
0: not like exposed like a hot chick probably I feel like that would be on Rick's background
1: he's in he's inflaming your hedonistic ways
2: yeah
0: far more uh exuberantly almost nude than than the uh women of your day
3: yeah i'm trying to in character again. I'm sorry. (laughs) But yeah, no, Russell at that point kind of look at the phone and yeah, reach out and try to touch her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pull it back from you. It's like, this ain't going in the drink. No hands off. What the? Is
3: that a photograph?
0: Yeah. Damn. Instant now. Oh, you just go click and it does it, but my battery's too low to open my camera right now there's a camera that's a camera it's a camera it's a telephone I don't suppose you know what that is uh telegraph telephone is you you talk over long distance you don't have to send words hey.
3: Science did keep on going.
0: Everywhere in the world. It's a video camera, which is consistent moving pictures. Like a shadow box, but without all the bullshit.
1: Huh.
3: Son of a bitch.
0: It's a calculator, it's a calendar, it, it's all sorts of shit. Damn. Huh.
1: But as he's showing you these phones, you will hear one of these men um, who walks up to the water's edge kind of call out to you and be like, uh, Hey there, we, we, we've been kind of expecting y'all. Come on up. We, we've got dinner cooking.
3: That is an invitation I will not turn down.
2: They do seem friendly enough.
0: I'll oh, just yeah. keep an eye on them still.
3: I don't see a piece on any of them, so when they give us too much trouble, well, we'll show them what thunder sounds like.
1: (laughs) So as y'all row up towards the shore, he'll help y'all get the canoe pulled up and everything.
3: I did assume that based on generic fantasy setting primer, that are any of these guys packing firearms? No. Okay.
1: Most of them have a, a sword at their at their hip, but no awesome. firearms
3: uh-huh. then as we get closer to the shore, I'm gonna make it a point to put my coat back on, okay, just fewer people going, what's that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um is it y'all get there. he'll help you get the canoe up on the shore. He'll be like um so uh you are the new travelers then
2: uh, those. Come, come through the portal.
0: Yeah. Woke up in a swamp, if that's what you mean.
2: I did not see a portal. I was one place, then I was another.
1: It, it, a portal is how how you ended up here. Um, they open very, very short time. A few come through. Uh, my name's Thomas. We're we're from Fort Veshna. Um, it's our job to. Uh, Meet new travelers and help them get settled in. Okay,
3: well, good to meet you, Tom.
1: These others here, um, he'll point at a elven lady and he'll be like, uh, this is Thea. Thea. Uh,
2: got else where you come from?
3: No, I'm just starting to wish we
2: did. I've never seen such a, such a person. My name is Brigord.
1: And this here, and he points to the little Dwarven male. This is Thoradin. You got dwarfs where you come from? Yes, but no. I mean... Well, now we're going to get to to the ones that you're probably going to find the strangest. And he motions forward a, a very small woman, and he says, this is Rose she's a halfling
3: Russell yeah no, he's gotta fall for it I'll kneel down and kind of tip my hat and how do you do little man she'll
1: say um well I don't particularly like being called little but um I suppose I'm okay oh this is full grown for my people oh
3: well, damn, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, no, it's, it's fine. Uh, we never know who's coming through and where they come from. Um, that's the reason that we bring one of each of the most common races out. Thomas will uh, bring forth a, a small man with the bright colored hair. He'll say, uh, this is Gimble. He's a gnome. And this this man, he's got, like, hair that's got bright shocks of red and orange and blues in it. And he, he'll he kind of bow towards y'all. Right. Turn
3: the bow in kind. And...
2: Wow. Same. Uh, and could I get the name of the elf and the dwarf again? I'm sorry. I...
1: Yes, I, I will actually type them all into the chat for you here okay, in a
2: second. Okay, cool. Well, I was so wrapped up that I forgot, like, oh, you know, you need to be taking notes.
1: <laughs> and uh, lastly, he will motion forth a... Rather big fella. This is the green fella. And he'll say, uh, this is Oghar." He's an alien. He's a half-orc.
0: <laughs> oh. Rick's, Rick keeps his mouth shut, but couples.
3: Russell's going to look back towards Rick. Fair enough. Half-orc.
2: It is wonderful to meet all of you. Uh, we appreciate this. Welcome. But why did you not greet us where we appeared? Well,
1: because we're never sure quite when somebody's going to be coming through. Oh, I see. I'm sure you have lots of questions, and we will be happy to answer all of them, but I figure y'all want a good hot meal, and we've got a few bottles of whiskey over there.
3: Now you're speaking my language.
1: (laughs) So why don't y'all get settled into camp, and... We can talk while you eat.
3: Don't mind if I do.
1: They've got a nice big pig that's been roasting over the campfire. And they have lots of, like, fresh fruits and, and vegetables set out, as well as several bottles of whiskey.
2: <laughs> Having uh, largely subsisted on uh, small game fish and the occasional bird, Brigord's going to uh, immediately go towards the fruit and vegetables.
1: Okay.
3: Right to the
0: whiskey.
1: Right to the whiskey. I knew that was coming.
0: <laughs> Rick is just going to wait.
1: Are you going to go sit down with everybody or are you yeah, standing back? But I'm not gonna
0: eat anything yet. Okay. I wanna see if these two keel over first.
1: Uh well no they you you wait for a while while the talking's going on, but they do not kill over, so Eventually, you will get you some food, I would suppose.
0: Yeah, and some booze. Why not?
1: Okay, there's the names for you, Don. You. Excellent. So once y'all have gotten some plates, some drinks, whatnot, gotten settled in, Thomas will be like, well, I'm, I'm the main human representative from the fort. As a, as as you were told, they uh they try to send out all of the most prevalent races that end up coming through, so that everybody has somebody they can identify with. Makes it uh less stressful for most people. So,
3: travelers.
1: Basically, about every five years, a group shows up in that corner of that swamp.
3: Hmm. <laughs> and there. Sometimes they're elves and halflings and, and gnomes and whatnot, but not human.
1: Yep. Huh. We never know who it's gonna be. Um, sometimes you get some groups come through that uh are stranger things like uh tieflings, azimars, uh descendants of elemental races, that kind of things, but uh most like most of the time it's one of the six races that you see here before you.
3: Damn. I understood every word you said, and don't know what half of them
0: mean. Does uh, Rose at any point speak in Halfling?
1: Not right now. Um, As the conversation goes on, you will find out that basically everybody who comes from these portals, no matter where they seem to be from, whatever, they speak this tongue, um, and that these people are calling it common.
3: Well, I'm I'm speaking English as far as I know.
2: And uh we do not have a word for what we speak. We just speak.
3: I kind of shrug and Does anyone by chance understand this in Gaelic?
1: All right. Uh first of all, do any of the player characters have Gaelic? No. I just need to remember
2: which one that was an an analog for. Elvin. Oh, then no. Thank you. But yeah, the
1: female elf and uh, Thomas both speak Elven. So they would both understand you and be able to respond.
3: That's very funny because...
1: Thea would actually say that that is the tongue of my people.
3: And the people who I learned it from, I guess my ancestors. They tell stories about elves. But I mean, they're, they're, well, they were, they, it feels wrong to say they are fictional.
1: Well, um, it seems from what we've learned from different travelers coming through that, uh, while many worlds only hold one or two races, all of them have folklore concerning the others.
3: Hmm. very interesting oh yeah fun fact uh when russell speaks another language there is no twang
1: he learned that accent away <laughs> as, as y'all talk you would uh they would go through and um each speak their native language for you so uh yeah, the, the Halfling would speak Italian, the Dwarf would actually speak German. I would catch that one. The Gnome would speak Dutch. The, the Half-Orc is, is, uh, will actually speak in the Orc tongue, which is Sanskrit.
3: Nope. I don't think any of us have that. I want to look up in, in, in Latin. Does anyone by chance speak this? Uh, let
1: me look. I do.
3: <laughs> well, we both know it's Latin.
1: The the little gnome would look up at you and he'd be like, that's not a language you might want to speak a lot of in public. Oh. Fair enough. Uh, what about it's, this? It, it, it's oh. the tongue of Devils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh that's that's wonderful.
3: I wanna look up and in Hebrew. What about this one?
1: Um and the same gnome would look at you say that's better. The angels speak that <laughs>
3: That's uh that's interesting And um Well I suppose I have one more and uh he's going to look up and sign do you understand me in ASL
1: um none of these people would would understand what you were doing there
0: <laughs> probably as the first time piping up i'll also go over spanish japanese and french
1: okay um that is your Aquan, Aquan, Terran, and Orn. Terran, and Orn, Yeah. Uh, none of these people here will speak those languages. Though, uh, Gimbal would tell you that, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't speak those tongues, but he's heard them before.
3: Russell would raise an eyebrow. That's, uh, Spanish and, uh, Japanese, Chinese, something like that?
0: Japanese.
3: Ah, okay.
0: And French.
3: Yeah, I never learned it. I've heard plenty of people talking it.
2: Uh, Brigord will say, uh, there was a tribe of men we came across and they spoke like this. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't update my character sheet when I did languages, but uh, whatever giant was, wasn't it Russian?
1: Russian, yes. Okay. The half-orc will actually answer you.
2: Oh. Hello, comrade. (laughs) That means Goodbye.
3: Wow, how oh, does it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know Spetnaz, and I know comrade. <laughs> Thank you, Call of Duty,
0: Tovarish.
1: God, I had not played Call of Duty in so long.
0: Comrade is Tovarish. I, uh, I know yes, no, and and comrade in Russian. That's about it. Oh, and goodbye, of course.
3: I forgot it in Russian, but in most of the languages. I've forgotten a lot of them now that I try to think of it, but I used to know pretty much where the bathroom was and how to ask for one more beer in several languages. <laughs> Funny how those, those are the most I... important things. And to know. say and to say thank you, miss. Three most important phrases any language in the world.
0: Ein Bierfrau. Ein Bierfrau. Um,
1: Thomas will tell you uh, that this group basically resides at the uh tower that's on your map whenever the time comes around uh, it will get close to uh somebody coming through they're basically the welcoming party they come they they meet people take them back to the tower let them get rested up make sure they're they're okay before letting them go on to uh the fort proper where there are People, teachers, libraries and things that can help you get accustomed to your new surroundings and everything that means. And he will offer to answer any questions you might have.
2: I I do wonder what sort of intelligence is behind the portals and why have you determined why people are chosen?
1: That we have no idea about. Pretty much as, as far back as our history goes here, every five years, a group shows up out there. It it can be as small as as two or three people, such as your group. It can be as large as 20 people. Sometimes they're all from the same place. Sometimes they're from different places.
3: Uh, we, we fall into that grouping. Sort of.
1: They always wake up in the swamp with no idea of how they got there. There's always a pack at their feet with supplies to help them make the journey. But as for why or who makes it happen, we don't know. Hmm. We do know everybody in this world can trace their ancestry back to a traveler.
3: Ah. So, it's like people were just brought in, fell in here and do what people do, yeah.
1: A lot of folks say it's the gods, a lot of folks say it has something to do with magic. Can't really say though.
0: Rick just rolls his eyes,
1: halfling, right? That's that, that's correct. I'm a halfling, half what? Um. Not half anything. It's, it's the name of the race. It's a halfling. Okay. I assume that it's because we're about half the size of a human.
3: Makes sense. Does that mean I don't want to meet a full orc?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I suppose that depends on the particular orc. Some of them are, are well, many of them are known to be Brother cruel, wild people.
3: I'm more worried about the son of a bitch being 13 feet tall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, they are big fellas, but uh, definitely can be beaten combat if you know what you're doing.
3: Bigger they are and all that. Yeah. He's going to stop and look over and be like, and uh, I'll have you know, ma'am, I've been thinking up of all kinds of half-elf jokes, but I'm going to
1: restrain myself. Well, restraint can be a good thing, but uh, we're pretty, pretty hard group to offend. This, this because you can't have quick-tempered people coming out to meet the
2: travelers. Do you often? Do you ever have trouble with the new arrivals being violent or? Oh yeah,
1: it it happens from time to time because people wake up in a strange world and they don't know where they're at or what's happening and they see people that they don't understand and sometimes they're, they react violently.
2: So you would be equipped to deal with such a threat if it did happen to be a group of murderous, Ill, ill-intentioned people?
1: We, we are all trained... Military personnel.
2: So uh, are they wearing? Are they wearing a uniform?
1: Um, th- they are all wearing chainmail, and they all have a sword on their side.
2: Okay, yeah, I heard the sword part. Okay.
0: Seems to me like this place is stuck in the Middle Ages.
2: The Middle Ages.
3: Be a, a look over towards Russell, and then. In in Latin are or, or infernal look over You're Russell. Oh shit. Well look Well <laughs> look over towards Rick and in, in Latin I'm gonna So this is the uh the uh, velvet glove around the iron fist approach then. Perhaps we should behave ourselves.
0: Looks like I'll keep my mouth shut.
3: Then I'm gonna remember the gnome understood it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gnome would speak up and say, well, "We're we're no danger to anybody who uh, doesn't present a danger to us."
0: I said I'd keep my mouth shut. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> but just as a note, what Rick might say would <laughs> be this coming from the little guy who understands the tongue of devils.
3: <laughs> Russell's gonna get up and walk towards the food and on his way back, grab a fresh bottle and refill a few cups along his way. Right. Pour out his
1: water skins, fill them up with whiskey.
3: No, no, just he—he eat. eat, eat <laughs> he, he is, it, you, yeah. A special note is when, now that he finally has access to a vice, it isn't get drunk. It's share the vice and have fun. Right.
1: And over the course of the evening, you would find these people to be really friendly, um, they will answer pretty much anything you ask them to the best of their abilities. Their their plan is, if none of y'all have any objection, is to make sure everybody gets a good night's rest and set out the next day um, for the tower itself. And you will find they do have horses for y'all to ride. Oh, hell yes.
3: Mm-hmm. Decently, like, earth-like saddles and whatnot, or...
1: The saddles would be more or less like an English military saddle so while it's probably not the kind of saddle you're most accustomed to they wouldn't be extremely foreign to you either
2: okay I'd like to go to one of, of them and say um this this harness I, I need it not um could I have it removed so I may ride naturally
1: well yeah we can take the saddle off
2: well and I will uh, watch them take it off because I feel like knots are something uh, Brigord knows, but uh, buckles and stirrups and right, two horns. I don't know all the terms for horse saddles. Anymore.
0: I like to feel the spine of an animal between my legs.
2: Does Rick say that? No. Oh. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was just making a joke about riding bareback.
2: No, no, no. I I got the joke. I just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Rick doesn't say that. Rick is keeping okay. his damn mouth shut because he doesn't want to cause trouble.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, after the saddle's removed, I'll inspect the horse. Look at its feet.
1: These horses are are part of their their military stock, so they're all well cared for, well fed.
0: Do they have shoes? I think is where he's going.
1: Um. No, these do not have shoes.
2: And I'll I'll tell uh, I'll say to yeah. Russell and Rick, if uh, if I wasn't already put at ease, the what you can tell a lot about a people by how they treat the beasts that serve them, and these are fine beasts.
3: So it's, it's a damn fine point,
0: Brigard. Uh, I would I would like to uh, mention to uh, Russell, uh, upon seeing that they don't have horseshoes and be like, I guess they don't have much in the way of roads.
3: Yeah. Fair point. They ain't figured it out yet. But if people from either of our eras had come through, you'd think that'd be a thing.
0: Who knows?
1: Well, y'all do know that they said that their particular job is to find the travelers, which means they may often have to ride these horses through the deserts and swamps. Y'all are aware there are no roads there.
0: <laughs> That's fair.
3: Russell will kind of nod and be like, eh. They either got them and they only use them for city horses, or uh, you and me, my friend, you're going to make a killing.
2: <laughs>
0: With horseshoes? Yeah. <laughs> I just shake my head and chuckle.
2: Uh, one last question before we depart from me. The woods, why are they so dead? This doesn't seem the rest of the land that we've seen is so vibrant, so full of life, and these are it seems barren and... they're just too
1: close to the desert area, I suppose. It gets greener as as you go back in. I see. Yeah Yeah. <laughs> so on horseback you will you will actually get to the tower within a a day's ride um the tower itself isn't anything fancy barracks and such but it's it's a good place for y'all to get a day or two rest with actual good food and good water and beds to sleep on and whatnot before you start the next part of your journey um you're pretty much informed y'all can stay there as long as you want to but that uh About half a day away on horseback is the Fort Proper where there will be basically what they refer to as teachers. These people that are meant to uh, help you learn about the world around you. So y'all can decide how long you want to stay at the Watchtower before going on.
2: for Brigor, just long enough that uh, the horse is still uh, up for the remainder of the journey. It doesn't need to break, but uh, Brigor's very excited to uh, learn more about this world and perhaps see if he's seen all these. Uh, well, okay, he hasn't seen all these people yet, but he would be interested to see if uh, anyone like him is. In.
0: Is Brigard impressed by a tower?
2: Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Probably doesn't want to we'll probably inspect it, but uh, we'll make camp outside just the same.
1: it is it is a stone tower. and they would try to reassure you that it's been here for hundreds of years. it's it's completely safe. they They would have uh, the the first floor of it is more or less set up for like um, a dining room kitchen kind of mess hall situation. And then the upper floors have actual bedrooms with real beds, oil lamps, which is probably something Brigard's not real familiar with either.
2: Okay. Well, then, uh, you know, if this is the way of living in these, this land, I will, I will learn to adjust. So I, I will bed inside.
1: Okay. And basically, the tower is there because when it gets close to time for travelers to come through, they take turns staying on top of it, uh, trying to keep an eye out for any signs of anybody. Um, That's the reason nothing west of that tower is populated, is because then they know if they see signs of campfire or travel of any kind, it's most likely travelers coming through.
3: Oh, okay has to go and make sense, if you put it like that.
0: (laughs) I think uh, Rick would probably nose around for a little bit, see if there's any, like, secret torture sex dungeons.
1: No, no secret torture sex dungeons in the tower. Probably because both uh, the elf and the halfling are the only females here and they could probably kick the ass of every one of these guys.
0: Well, no, it's for (laughs) use on the people they bring here. No.
1: No, nothing like that.
3: Alright. So it could be the elf secret torture sex dungeon.
1: Right. Well, possibly. But (laughs) if, while you're nosing around and if anybody else goes nosing around, Y'all can make me perception checks. I will believe
3: to do the same thing.
2: Yep. Rigord will be fascinated by everything and kind of take Russell and Rick's lead as they seem to be more comfortable. Oh. Yeah, 16 here. 18, 18 plus. That's a 24. How are you? It's all really new, so he's not shaded by it. He doesn't take anything for granted. <laughs>
1: he's he's even inspecting the dust bunnies, guys. He's got this.
2: What is a
0: dust bunny?
1: <laughs> but he does pull out from underneath a bed a book. It has no markings on the outside of it.
2: Is is it made of human leather?
1: No, it's not made of human leather.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> of course not. It's made of human vellum.
2: Okay, um, zooming past that, um, uh, I'll, I'll open it and, uh, inspect its language.
1: It is written in common and on the title page, it says theories concerning magical use industrious.
3: Russell's going to kind of parrot over Brigard's shoulder and what the hell?
2: What'd you what find, is, muscles? What is Dustrus?
3: Uh, well I, I was more concerned with this magic stuff, but it's a very good question too.
0: Still, so L- looking at it, is Dustrus capitalized? Yes. Well, Dustrus is either a. Person, place, or a thing. In
3: would uh would lead you to believe that's a place or a thing, not necessarily a person.
2: Well, we don't know. We ain't read it yet.
3: Well, I'll volunteer.
2: <laughs> yes, you may understand the words better
3: than I here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll start thumbing through the book
1: okay um the book seems to be well you were college educated it seems almost like a thesis
0: that's a
3: secret
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's full of different theories as to why every person in is capable of casting magic
3: well damn
1: and it even has a section where it talks about Travelers who come from non-magical worlds finding themselves able to cast once they arrive in Dustrus.
3: That part gets interesting. <laughs> we, uh... Hell, uh, yeah, it's saying here we might be able to do magic spells and shit.
2: What do you mean magic spells? Well,
0: I mean... Uh... We have other... We have fantasy creatures and people running around, I guess. So, it mean, doesn't seem that far-fetched, unless it's yes. just superstition on their end, too. I'll
3: flip through and see if there's, like, practical instructions. I mean...
1: Um, the paper doesn't, or the book doesn't give any practical instructions forecasting. It talks a little bit about how it seems to be based on the intent of the person that no training is is required but that it can be dangerous because if you try to do something that is too difficult you can die from it
3: oh shit that eliminates the experimentation phase
0: i'll just try and think small
3: yeah i mean what the hell hmm small b i'm gonna pull my hat Off of my head and stare at it really, really hard and reach down in there and try to grab a rabbit.
1: (laughs) All right. Um, Being the first time you're trying to cast, make a will save.
3: Okay. (laughs) 14.
1: Okay. You do manage to pull something out of your hat. It looks kind of like a rabbit. It's obviously a a child's toy, you know, like a stuffed animal or something. And It's relatively small. Son of a bitch!
3: I drop it and, like, stumble back. Holy fuck.
2: You had that in Um, there the entire time?
0: No! (laughs) Hold on, let me me try.
2: I hand Um, him the hat.
0: (laughs) I'm going to, uh... I'm going to think for a minute, I'm going to look at the two of them, and I'm going to try and pull out, like, a Hustler magazine.
1: <laughs> okay. Make your rules <laughs> Uh,
0: 18 plus nothing, so 18. Wait, no, plus one, so 19. Sorry.
1: As you pull this out, you are so sad that you are not back in your own world because you know what this would be worth. It's the uh, Marilyn Monroe edition of Playboy. (laughs) Oh,
0: shit. That's an expensive one.
2: (laughs) You summoned a toy. You summoned a book.
0: Not just any book. Muscles. And I open it to the centerfold and let it fall.
2: Oh, you, you shouldn't be showing people that
0: people
3: (laughs) just reach up and put my hand over bringer ties.
2: (laughs) there could be children around i
0: was like this is worth like a lot of money so i'm gonna put it in my bag
2: may i try your at trick
0: sure I'll hand the hat over. Well, if all three of us manage it, it is a hat trick.
2: Do, <laughs> uh, do I just think of something I I need, or or do I have to make my mind blank?
3: I just intended, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think because uh, we still have to have our appropriate components, except for material, right?
1: You mean like verbal, somatic, yeah, that kind of thing, yeah.
0: Okay, so I would have like hocus pocus, alakazammed and waved my hand and shoved it in.
2: Okay, then I okay, I um, I'll, I'll mumble a soft prayer to the 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 nature spirits of home and reach in and. Out of character, should I like try and say what I'm wanting to pull? I, I, yeah, I, tell you know, tell me what you're what you're yeah. trying for. Um in that final battle before i woke in the swamp there was a special arrow that i always retrieved upon killing something it was very special to me i wonder if i reach in i could pull it forth from my home
1: all right make your will save all right okay
2: oh that's an
1: 11. okay you don't get a full arrow out but you get the arrowhead
2: I recognize this. This is the one. The, the nick here is where it, it, it clipped a, a rock as it ricocheted into a, a bore. Magic.
3: I I go and pull a stuffed toy out of the hat. Rick over here pulls out. Well, fine literature. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the only one who goes goes for something logical is rust muscles like you know this this means i mean we we obviously have proof that things from our home can get here but i ain't never seen a door that only works one way
0: well that also depends are we actually bringing these things in or are we thinking them up
2: This feels very real. It feels it has the same heft of the one from my home. What exactly. if we
0: were? Because you know what that feels like.
2: You you mentioned
3: your uh, your book there was worth a fair bit of money.
0: Yeah, it's have, have old you read, and rare.
3: Have you ever read one?
0: Uh, yeah. You can get anything on the internet, man. No, no. Have you ever read this one? Don't suppose so.
3: Then how'd you bring that over?
0: I mean, I thought of it, but I also can't exactly uh, verify that its contents are accurate. Fair
3: enough. I guess we'll need to study it more, make sure it's accurate. And
0: Russell looks up at that point waiting for the laugh. I mean, he's like I I I I just dead dead fucking dead fucking pan uh face this is just like for research purposes. And I'll I'll pull it out of the bag and hand it to him. <laughs> just don't make the pages stick together.
3: And it takes him a second. <laughs> <laughs> so uh is this the point where we go track down uh, track down one of the uh, the welcoming committee and clue them in, or are we going to keep this quiet?
2: They didn't give it to us upon meeting us. Maybe they needed to see if we were worthy, but I don't know why they would hide this if we would have found it on accident. What if we had done something larger in the heat of a battle on the way here?
0: Mm -hmm. they were dancing around talking about the teachers and what everything entails so I think we weren't supposed to see
2: this until we get to the fort then perhaps we should keep it between us three
0: sounds good to me sounds like a
3: good idea
1: alright so do y'all decide As a group, to just stay the one night and go on the next day, or are y'all going to spend more time here?
0: Uh, I think, with that assumption, uh, Rick would want to go to the keep the next day.
1: Okay. Everybody in agreement with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, the next morning, they would have a good breakfast for everybody to eat. You would be provided with more horses to take you to the keep. These would have shoes on them because there is what more or less passes for a road between the uh, tower and the keep. And it is about half a day's ride. No, because you're on horseback. So about a quarter of a day's ride to uh, the actual keep itself.
3: Uh, on the way there, I'm going to... Well, okay, it's Russell. I'm going to kind of ride up next to Athea. And, uh, so, uh, everyone's been talking about travelers every five years or so, something like this. In what literature I read, someone comes from afar. Generally, there's some form of trouble they end up having to go and solve by
1: default. I don't know of any trouble.
3: I want to roll a sense motive. Okay. Be a 19.
1: And she does not know of any trouble.
3: Well, fair enough. Just making sure we won't march into the edge of the volcano or nothing like that.
1: <laughs> um, Most of the travelers who come through... ...end up going on uh, to one of the major cities and settling down and living a life.
3: None of them ever found a way back, or?
1: Not so far as I know.
3: Hmm. Interesting.
1: I mean, it's not like we can track everybody after they get here. So... I can't say for certain, but I've never heard of anybody doing so. Hmm.
0: I'd write up on uh, Gimbal. Okay. And in Infernal, uh, I'd say a uh, short one. I'd, I don't think there would be a word for gnome in, in Latin.
2: Promise you there's a word for gnome in Latin. <laughs>
0: Ganame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How can I help?
0: What's up with that wall? And I would just, like, like, can we see it? Like, even, like, as, as far south as we are, can we still see the wall?
1: Oh, yeah. um, It's, like, off in the distance, but you can see it.
0: So, yeah, I would ask, I would ask him what's up with the wall.
1: It's... The end of the world
0: as you know it
1: oh
0: uh. <laughs> um no uh <laughs>
1: just like is that all you got what more is there it's where the world stops you can't travel past it you see the other side of it's just black there's nothingness
0: Seems more like a fish tank than, uh, than a void. There was nothing there you couldn't, you could fall off.
1: Well, obviously the gods have stopped us from being able to fall off the earth. Otherwise the water would all run out and we wouldn't have any.
0: Oh, great. And I thought the flat earthers where I come from are bad. Thanks, uh, Gimbal. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it really doesn't take you very long to arrive at the fort proper. There are a lot more people around here, um, of various, various races. But, uh, Once y'all get the horses settled, you'll be led in uh, to a room where there is a human man um, that Thomas will introduce you to, uh, Arthur Drumwind. Which I should probably type these names in for y'all. And you will be told that Mr. Drumwind is in charge of signing you, assigning you instructors. And this man will come out from behind, out from behind his desk. I can talk. And he will, he will be like, uh, hello. Welcome to the fort.
3: Uh, thank you. Uh, what are, what are we being instructed on?
1: Well, do you have magic where you come from?
3: Nope. I can honestly say I do not have magic where I come from.
1: Well, as well as Dustrous having many races that travelers often aren't aware of, um, having different levels of technology or whatever that others may not have seen or may not understand. Uh, everybody that comes here also has magical capabilities. Since you can very easily hurt yourself trying to perform magic, we have instructors that will help you figure out what kind of magic you possess and help you learn to use it without hurting yourself.
3: Seems mighty nice and uh Where I come from, schooling ain't cheap. So, uh, you teach us, what do we have to do for you?
1: Uh, Nothing. This is just something we do for all the travelers. We can't can't have people hurting themselves um, because they don't understand what's going on. Or hurting somebody else because they encounter someone that... They've never seen the likes of before. Uh, just basically, every traveler comes through, is offered teaching, schooling, however you want to call it. Uh, it's, of course, not mandatory. Nobody's being held hostage here. Uh, so you can, uh, you know, go along your way if, if you're not interested. But if you stay, If you learn when you leave here, you will leave here with a better understanding of the world around you as well as some money in your pocket and uh, a chance to go out and build a life. Hmm.
3: Seems awfully nice. Would seem a damn bit more handy to teach someone before they uh, trudge through a swamp for a couple of days.
1: Well, we had originally built a tower out by the swamp. Um We thought it would actually be better to catch them as they came in, like you say, but uh it never stands three different times. The project was undertaken three different times. Anything that was tried to be built basically just disintegrated overnight. Oh, damn. We, we have to assume that whatever it is that uh, brings people through has the reasons. It's just like we can't explain those packs that y'all wake up with. We don't put those there. You don't? They, they appear when the people appear.
3: I guess if we've got magic, I mean... Wow, shit. There's... I guess someone could at least make their magical portal that rips you from your world a little bit more hospitable.
1: Well, I think early on, some people thought it was somebody in this world doing it. Um, Problem is, this has been happening since the first people showed up here. We would have to assume, by this point, that whatever's doing it is an immortal being.
0: What hell? Maybe some kind of mechanism? If it's five years? Every time?
2: Is it five years exactly? You... I was told about, um... Rick over there has a calendar. Do you have a calendar that marks when the, each of these occurrences happen. We mark like the
1: information uh, as when the uh, welcoming party finds them. We have no way of knowing precisely the moment somebody comes through. Uh, we take the information from the travelers themselves. They usually say they've been out there this many days. You know, as far as we can tell, it's not an exact calendar date, but it always seems to happen within the same month. I don't
3: know. Oh well, yeah. I mean
1: okay. So magic. Magic. It is something everybody in this world possesses. Little kids that grow up in this world grow up being able to do small amounts of things. Um it's it belongs to everybody. There are many theories as to why because Well, nobody really knows, but we do know that travelers such as yourselves come through and come from a place where there was no such thing. And yet when you get here, you have it. We have travelers come through from worlds where magic exists, but requires years and years and years of study. And they are always quite flabbergasted by the realization that nobody has to study this here. It's just something that they can do. The uh, downside to magic is it seems to feed off of your own life force. So if you try to do something too big, too intensive, you can actually kill yourself doing it.
3: Well then, I suppose it is best to learn a little bit about it before we move on.
0: Yeah, it's probably good to learn our limits before we nuke ourselves. Nuke? I'll explain later. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's the reason we uh, we like to try to help people begin to understand their abilities here because we have healers on hand so that uh, if something starts to go wrong, there's somebody who can help you. It also uh, allows you to practice your craft for a little bit longer through the day because the healers can pretty much replenish the life force that you use in casting the spells. So that you can continue trying.
0: Isn't that going to eat them up, though?
1: We have many healers. Fair enough. We are here for a purpose. That I think that's where
3: I'm getting... I'm getting strung up. And maybe in a world where everyone does magic, this doesn't seem like as big of a deal, but, uh... Who's... Who put you here for that purpose?
1: Oh, well, the orders of Fort Veshna were established, I guess, about 200 years after the first travelers came through. It was obvious that it was going to be an occurrence that just happened over and over and over. And it seemed wrong to the people, I guess, to let people wander in and not know anything and be confused and lost and maybe even starve to death. Of, the world wasn't as populated as it is now, of course. Since everybody could trace their lineage back to some traveler, no one wanted something bad to happen to any of y'all. That's
3: mighty nice. Uh I guess uh So we get this training and whatnot, and we're we're not attached to any king or government or Anything like oh, that? Oh, no,
1: no, no. Um, the nearest government you're going to find is over in Valinor. Um, most of the large cities uh, have some kind of established government, to whereas most of the smaller towns, villages, whatnot, uh, they may have, like, a constable or something, but, uh, yeah, no, no large kingdoms. People here are pretty free to to go and do as they want. Um, The big cities, I think, have uh, tried to install some regulation because of the sheer number of people that are there. But anytime somebody gets too out of hand, somebody stops them. Uh, One of the things you have to consider about a world full of magic is it makes getting rid of enemies extremely easy.
2: Hmm.
0: So making enemies is a bad idea?
1: unless you're better than they are.
0: You don't get better if you don't learn. So who's teaching us?
1: Well, that will depend on your particular area of magic. Magic seems to have different types. Uh, Arcane magic, divine magic, and psychic magic. They each have telltale signs in their casting. And so typically we start by asking each of you to cast a simple little spell and see whether or not you can do it. That helps us narrow it down.
3: Well,
0: fair enough then, I guess. It's like the one, like one of the spells that everybody has is light.
1: Well, that would be a bad one to help determine it then, wouldn't it? Well, no, because you still have
0: to see how they cast it.
1: <laughs> well, I guess that, that would make sense, too. But that's not exactly the way I had it planned, but, you know.
0: Yeah, get out of the DM seat, Sean. I was asking... I was asking a question. Okay.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so, the first one they would try... or er, That Arthur would ask all of y'all to try to cast... Would be create water,
3: okay? Russell wave his hands together.
0: You don't have to take a deep
3: breath and think about making water.
1: What did you say, Sean?
0: I was saying he doesn't have to.
3: Everyone went quiet all of a sudden. Hello, huh? We're still here.
0: I was saying he's, he doesn't have to wave his hands.
3: I i know he doesn't, but Russell doesn't.
0: Oh, fair enough. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll go in the corner now.
1: You're going to go in the corner now, huh? Okay. I, mean, uh. I am in the corner. It's <laughs> where my desk
0: is, so I'm always in the corner.
1: Yeah, you're doing the Sean's planning again. But no, um you You do not create water, and he will uh turn to the next and and see if they are able to do it.
2: I've made water already today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You okay but back I, there?
2: I will tr- I will try. And uh Grigor's to close his eyes, make his face go relaxed, And tries to think of summoning water.
1: And you do. Oh no. <laughs> Out of your hands.
2: Okay. Pours
1: water all over this man's desk.
3: I'll say, uh I'm pretty sure I know that uh that uh, Brigard can uh, can summon water on command. <laughs> I, Just kind
0: of rubs. Uh, I know teeth. how to
3: cast that spell. He Says reaching <laughs> around to his hip. <laughs> yep,
2: my summoning so water is more of a reaction to your thing.
1: <laughs> but when you successfully do this, uh, he'll tell you. Well, it would seem you have divine magic
2: divine means of the gods i have god magic
1: basically uh can be from the gods from from nature from the, the the divine world basically
2: i am very interested in learning more of how i can best use this
1: and he'll look at you rick and say do you wish to try now
0: sure and i'll I'll Hocus Pocus Alaka focus and wave my hands and I prestigiate like a little piddling stream of water, I guess. Just nothing important. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he will he will turn back to Brigord and he'll be like Your teacher. His name is uh crint Krent Bragan. Half elf gentleman.
3: I ah, knew they was real.
1: <laughs> we will we will see the to it that you were introduced to him in a moment. So let's see if we can narrow down these abilities a bit more. And uh he will take out a small metal ball, kind of like a ball bearing, but a little little bit bigger. And set it on his desk and look at you two and uh, say, see if you can uh, pick that up with your mind and throw it.
3: Fair enough. I'm going to stop and stare at the ball and then will it to fly into the nearest wall.
1: Yeah, it will shoot it up in the air and across and hit the wall and bounce off. Huh.
3: I'll be damned.
0: Hmm. That shouldn't be too hard. Ooga booga booga.
1: Yeah, you about uh, Found out it's harder than you think. Because you are not a psychic.
0: Right, but I ooga booga booga at it, and I use mage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep using spells that you don't know about yet!
0: Well, I mean, just mechanically speaking, like, I'm trying to lift a thing that is my intent. That is the spell that would come out.
1: I will let you lift it, but you're not chunking it.
2: Put your foot down, Tracy.
1: You do not have the telekinesis.
0: I kind of give it like a little... I give it like a limp little toss. Just as much as I can manage.
3: Russell's going to watch it and go, "Ah, So, uh, in 200 years from my time, do they still You say, uh, you throw like a girl?
0: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes.
3: To all the female listeners, I do apologize. Russell is backwatered and the cowboy. I am not.
1: But uh, Arthur will turn to you, Russell, and he'll be like, And that's Corbin. She she will be your teacher. You have psychic magic.
3: Psychic magic? I get used to the sound of that.
1: It's a little bit different from the others. Um, it won't require you to uh, use such... Telling clues as other casters uh a lot of times people won't be able to tell you're casting a spell
3: well that'd be damn handy.
1: it has its drawbacks it's too I mean it's affected by your emotions, so you'll have to try to stay in a relatively good state of mind, I guess you'd say calm yeah. state of mind maybe
3: I'm always in a good state of mind,
1: and then he'll look at you, Rick, and go. Based on the little tricks you were doing there trying to do the others, it appears you will be learning arcane magic from Saul Webb.
0: All right. Which way is Saul Webb?
1: Come on, I'll introduce y'all all to your instructors. And y'all will be led into kind of like a, a common area where people are sitting, eating, drinking, hanging out. A lot of them you can see are like guards or whatnot. Um, But he will take you to a table where there are three individuals sat down. Uh, Saul Webb is a human male with dark hair and dark eyes. And he is dressed much the way you would expect a wizard to be dressed. In the, the robes and he's got books all around him. Um, who has linguistics?
3: Uh, Russell does. Uh, I do.
2: I do not.
1: Do a linguistics role as you take a peek over his shoulder. rolled another one
0: so uh, nine
3: hold on
0: 26
1: yeah you recognize this handwriting he is likely the one who wrote the thesis that you were reading back at the other place Huh.
3: it's an interesting tidbit but I'm going to keep it quiet did we keep that book
2: Did you? Uh, Yeah, we were going to keep it secret. Well, okay, we were going to keep it secret that we found it, but I, uh, Brigor definitely would have... You were reading it more than uh, I was, so I I think it falls to you if you wanted to keep a hold of it. I just was trying to get knowledge out of it.
3: Yeah, uh, Russell definitely would have. I just can't remember if I said it. So if you're cool with it... Yeah, you can have the
1: book. Cool. Krent Bregan is a male half-elf. He has like a sandy blonde hair, his eyes are green, but since y'all are not real familiar with elves, they are a kind of green you've never really seen before, just so vibrant. And then, Aneth is a human female, and she's kind of think one of those uh, hot girl librarians where you don't know they're a hot girl and, unless they decide to show it. hmm Yeah, that's Aneth.
3: It's gotta remember that Russell's type is not Brian's type. Russell's type is <laughs> yeah. not Brian's type.
1: So, uh, but Arthur will lead y'all up to this table, and, uh, he will tell them, say, seems like we have a new student for each of you. And, uh, they will all stand up, and, like, Saul will speak first, and he'll be like, um, who's going arcane? I wave. We have lots of work to do, and he starts gathering up all his books and, and wandering out the door.
0: I'll follow him. I'll wave it. I'll wave at Muscles and Gramps. Tip my hat.
1: And y'all would see Arthur kind of chuckle and, and he'll be like, that man just never changes. Grant will speak up and and he's like, uh, divine magic?
2: Uh, Brigord will lift up his still wet hands and um, uh, that, is, that is me. I am eager to learn underneath you.
1: Um... Yeah, we we will keep that in mind. But why don't we go over here and start our lessons?
2: Farewell, farewell, Russell. Good luck with everything.
3: No
1: problem, big guy.
2: I hope to see you soon.
3: Yeah, let's make it a point. Let's not leave this place unless it's the three of us.
2: Agreed. Uh, maybe we should have said something to Rick. He,
3: yeah, I'll tie him down. Don't worry about it.
2: Rick learns fly and
0: just leaves. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: So Annette will look at you and be like, "Well, I guess that means you're with me."
3: I am very, ang- I'm very anxious to learn underneath you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess doctor. you all <laughs> came
1: from the same place. Maybe, maybe we should go over proper greetings as well as magic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we're gonna have we're gonna have a good time with this because uh, oh, I kind of yeah. mastery right kind of mastery you can do so much with this without anybody ever knowing what you're doing
3: that is exactly what i aim to
1: know well then let's go get to work and she will lead you off and basically at this point we're going to start kind of wrapping up for tonight i'm going to tell you about the kind of learning that goes on here um Y'all would be allowed to spend as much or as little time as y'all wanted. So y'all will have to decide as a group how long you wish to stay. But uh, overall, throughout the course of about two weeks, they can teach you pretty much. You will leave here with a list of every kind of spell description that they know about that falls within your area. And you will start to learn the balance of what hurts you and what doesn't. That That is what they are here to teach you.
3: And as becomes apparent as soon as Russell is out of the public eye, and he kind of becomes more of a proper student, uh, he'll be here for the long haul then. If, okay. At least two weeks.
1: Right. Like, they they will not put a time limit on you, so y'all can decide as a group how much time you want to spend here. The more time you spend here the more mastery you're going to have over stuff, so the less likely you are to have to make saves for new types of spells that you're not practiced with and things like that. Uh
0: Rick's going to be a good-bad student uh, and probably push his teacher to keep... Like, no, no, it's alright. Tell me a little more.
1: Brian, you are going to be getting... If you go to uh the Occult Classes page,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there is a list of all the occult classes there. All of them, except kineticist, have spells. And you're going to have access to all of the spell lists. Dawn, mm-hmm. you've got the cleric. Well, the cleric and oracle have the same spell list. The paladin, the shaman, and after a discussion with several people, since we're not going to have somebody running straight nature magic, you're going to go ahead and get the druid's divine list as well.
2: Is the druid divine list different than a regular druid list?
1: No, the druid is a divine caster.
2: Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Just writing this down.
1: So you're getting all those those spells. Oh my god. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, Sean, you've got all the sorcerer wizard spells, all the uh, bard spells, and the few mega spells that pick up um, things that aren't covered on the other list, too.
0: Okay. They
1: Dash for the win. We do take out the wish, limited wish, that that kind of thing. Because um, there's no campaign if you all wish yourselves home. So, <laughs> no wish or limited wish spells. But uh, everything else on this list belong to y'all.
2: Wow, okay. Yeah, I see why you didn't want to... Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Now... The one thing y'all will need to do before next session is any very particular questions you have concerning any spells or any magic limits or anything like that for your teachers you need to come up with uh you might jot them down somewhere so you don't forget to ask before you leave the school <laughs> Fair enough. um and that's the reason we're going to end here so y'all have time to think about that Go over your spells that you're going to have access to and see what kind of questions your characters may have. Awesome.
3: Let me just open, up, open up next episode with a montage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I want, I want to give you all ample time to prepare because I know that's a lot of material to look through and decide what you need to know. Mm-hmm. And so,
2: um, okay, now this will be a question for the uh, actual...
1: Well, I mean, I can answer questions for you.
2: Yeah this, just... Just a, yeah, this is just a general one. So, the only the only limit to our spell casting is how much life force we're willing to risk to uh, pull it off. Like,
1: right, basically not like
2: number of spells a day. It's how, it's how much health you have in a day. Right. Gotcha. Cool. This is this is the most fun. Ex- this is the most fun homework I've had in a while.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's the great thing about this is there once you once you get a grip on your magic you can start creating spells too as long as they make sense for your type of casting so you yep. are going to be pretty much limitless on what y'all can do as long as you have the health to pay for it
2: gotcha
3: sweet and do we want to get into the mechanics of casting, or is that going to be for next episode, as far as listeners are concerned?
1: Um, I think we're going to let the mechanics uh, come out as y'all learn to cast the spells as y'all first start using them.
3: Yes. rock on.
1: But yeah, y'all guys are so much fun. I can say, I- look, there's a tree, and y'all can talk about it and for 20 <laughs> minutes and make it interesting.
2: This was... Just as much fun as I imagined it was going to be. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Duster's Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at hexgridheroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichou. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends, and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting if you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies i also do a horror movie review podcast over on the necropodicon network it's right there in the name how to survive a horror movie where we talk about movies like legion hush and quiet place and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better and what would be our perfect sequel that's all for me for now you never know i going to have another project so follow me on twitter and instagram at don And again, thank you for listening to the Duster's Podcast. We are all very excited and very proud of what we're putting out here. And as always, the Elder Gods are watching.
3: Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter, where I'm at ActionForge. Hey
0: everyone, this is Sean, the voice of Rick. I run an Eldritch Dream Games and GM the Aeterna Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AeternaP, at Eldritch Dream, and at Dustress Podcast. We're super excited to be here and making content and playing these awesome games. We'll see you next time. Please stick around for some more messages after this. I'd like to thank our patrons, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Don Bewley, and Tim Demuse. Thank you all so much for supporting the show and our endeavors as a whole. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the hive, that's our discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our tea Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everyone, may the Eldritch Gods haunt your dreams. you go into a mining settlement, ...called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone, zone is. I mean, control, like, Of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys probably guys probably no, Like the zone, guys, no. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb... And doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the the Wild West out there. (laughs) (laughs) LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5e podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can
1: also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D.